going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined with my co-host, Matt Welland. Matt, the 49ers won. They pulled it off. Hell of a win against the Minnesota Vikings. It's a close one. What were your initial uh, reactions to it? Um, It was closer than it needed to be. That's for sure. And I'm sure we're going to get into it because we can't help but, you know, talk about it. The secondary was terrible. And Jimmy Garoppolo was not much better than that. So um, the run game and the front seven really stepped up and, you know, they were able to to make some key plays and really kind of save the bacon of this team. I think Kyle Shanahan did another great job of calling the game. Um, but I mean, we'll take the victories where we can get them just because you're winning ugly doesn't mean that you didn't win. So we'll take the win. We're going to move on to uh, Seattle in a tough division game, one that we definitely need. And um, we'll go from there. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about this is the 49ers find themselves, they were in the seventh seed coming into today with the win against Minnesota Vikings. They now find themselves in the sixth seed, and they find themselves a half game behind the Los Angeles Rams, which to me is just insane because the Rams started off the season so hot, seemed like they were probably going to compete with Arizona for winning the division. And now the 49ers, depending on how next week goes, have the chance of kind of leapfrogging them in, in the rankings. So it's going to be pretty crazy how this shapes out. Um, seven seed, seven seed, seven seed. Oh, wait, six seed. That's right, Dylan, six seed. Um, it's still early, my boy. <laughs> yeah, they asked Kyle Shanahan about it's it. He said, early. you know what? That's cool. I'm not really paying attention to any of that stuff. Um, guys, if you're watching on Twitter, go over to YouTube right now. Uh, I tweeted out the link as well. We cannot see or interact with any of your comments on Twitter, so make sure you go to YouTube so we can see. We want to talk football. We want to talk Niners with you guys. Go to YouTube and subscribe while you're there. Um, we were talking about Jimmy before we went live, Matt, and we were talking about how, you know, he didn't have necessarily his best performance today. What did you make of it? He started off lovely, typical Jimmy with that interception straight to Harrison Smith. Did he improve in your eyes as the game went on? I I don't know. It's hard to say because then later on he missed um, he missed passes to like Elijah Mitchell. He was you know throwing balls out of bounds, whatever, whatever. Um, I don't know. I just knew right off the jump he didn't come out very sharp. We saw that where he sailed a couple passes to Brandon Ayuk. He was sailing passes you know left and right, and then had the pick. And then uh, Kyle ate his lunch on the sideline. He looked like a beaten down dog. Um, Kyle definitely was all over him and he seemed to kind of settle in after that. Um, I think the next drive, they didn't really let him throw the ball that much, but um, yeah, it was just one of those situations where Jimmy just, I mean, he didn't come out sharp and in these types of games, you need to be on the ball right from the start. So it was, it was, you know, we're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo sitting with six interceptions. It's the second most of his career he's had in a season, mainly because of injuries, but he's well on his way to double digit picks. Um, and you know, it's just, it's not good. It's not good. And I think that better quarterback play would have made this a more decisive game than an eight point game. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, not only that, but I mean, they, the, the Vikings got a hot start and easy start right away because of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, that pass, I will admit it was a great pass to Juwan Jennings in the end zone. He kind of floated that right over him, but it was just a little late, a little out, and Jennings couldn't necessarily catch that inbounds. Jennings um, got to tap his toe, though. He should know better. Yeah, that that that's on Jennings. Um, Dylan says, did you see Grant ask Jimmy about the trade talks, LMAO? I did, and Jimmy handled it with class like he always does. Yeah. 
I mean, that wasn't that wasn't Grant's best moment, to be honest. That's not the time or the place for that question. It's kind of it weird. A little uncalled for. Um, but when Jimmy throws passes like he did outside to Kittle, that gets broken up because it's like just this pillow pass to the outside. Then those questions are going to come, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was I not. Mean, that they're was, warranted. I mean, it's not great. Yeah, they're they're, necess- they're definitely warranted. Um, Elijah Mitchell com- continues to cement himself as the number one back. Twenty-seven carries, Matt, one hundred and thirty-three yards, average five per carry, a touchdown, and his longest run of the day was a fifteen-yard carry. Just how good is Elijah Mitchell? I know a lot of people say, "Oh, it's the Shanahan yeah. system." How much is Elijah Mitchell, and how much is Kyle Shanahan? A lot of it's Elijah Mitchell because we saw what happened when they didn't have him and they couldn't run. Yes. Thank you. So everybody's savior, Jeff Wilson Jr., is averaging like 2.6 yards a carry on the season. He averaged 2.5. He had two carries for five yards. The fact of the matter is, Mitchell, even with a busted finger and being questionable with that finger and a rib injury, they gave the ball to him 27 times. That's all you need to know. Yeah, exactly. That's all you need to know. Um, It was fantastic to see. of course, the 49ers had some injuries. We got to get through some pretty key players were yeah. injured. Debo Samuel left with that groin injury. Fred, I believe, was a hamstring. Fred Warner. Um, Trey Sermon was also – is it an ankle? I, forget, I, I, don't, I don't remember. Ankle. Yeah, yeah, and he left on a cart. Kyle Shanahan said that that was likely the most serious of all of them. Yeah. Um, I know Marshall Greenlaw Harris left. Groin. Greenlaw as well. Um, yeah. Aside from Trey Sermon, because he already said, which of those concerns you the most? I'm kind of concerned about the Dre Greenlaw injury, to be honest. I mean, you spent all this time rehabbing that injury. You had surgery on that core muscle injury, which is your groin. And then to come back in your first game and have an issue with it, that's not that doesn't engender a lot of of hope for, you know, what's going on with that. Hopefully it's just because it was tight and it needed to be worked in the game shape, which is what I was talking about, you know, with Aziz Al Shair, who played a hell of a game. Um that you know, you just need to work him into football shape, and hopefully that's all that it is. But it's concerning when he pulls up like that on a play where, you know, Bosa gets a sack, but all it looked like was Dre Greenlaw ran into the right tackle and tried to have, like, maybe a half a move with him, and then he pulled up and immediately grabbed towards the groin. So it's, you know, that to me is concerning. I think the Debo injury and I think the Fred Warner injury, those were injuries where it's more a kind of a precautionary type of thing. Even Debo after the game said, Hey, like it wasn't like terrible, but I didn't want to push it. And so I kind of like, you know, sat out or whatever at that point, you don't want to risk your guys unnecessarily. So I'm not too upset with them making business decisions like that, particularly when, you know, this is a tough stretch of the season and they need their guys at full go. Next week, we're probably getting D Ford back into the lineup against the Seattle team that, you know, the last memories, the good memories that we have of them going to Seattle was, was Dre Greenlaw making that tackle at the goal line. So full strength for, for that team is definitely one where that becomes critical. Um, they're six and five now. Seven and five would be absolutely fantastic um, because their schedule gets, I mean, they get a break. Um, they're going to have to, they're going to play the Texans. You know, they're, they're going to play teams like that. So they got a couple of layups on the team and stacking wins against better teams is just going to do them all, all the better. Yeah, exactly. We see them continue to win games. They should win. This was a fantastic win because the Vikings are a good team. And this felt like a playoff atmosphere. I mean, 
in my opinion, this was more of a playoff game than the 2019 wildcard matchup they played. That was tough in the beginning, stayed close, but the 49ers just took over the second half of the game. This was close up until, I mean, up until the final possession of the Vikings. It was always a one-score game. Um, it yeah. seems like the 49ers kept shooting themselves in the foot once they finally got up a couple scores. Then they let a kick uh, kickoff be returned, 99 yards for a touchdown. Um, it was just completely... Special teams continues to be an issue for this team because yeah. Robbie Gould missed the field goal today too. That as well, yeah. Like I said, so, self-inflicted wounds. The 49ers need to yeah. recover. Um, Steve says, yeah, 49ers lost three linebackers today. Hopefully nothing too serious. Yeah, um, Marcel Harris lo- left as well for a bit. So Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and Marcel Harris all left. That is concerning. Hopefully all of them are okay. Um, but I yeah. wanted to repeat your point there, Matt. Aziz Alshair. Hats off to you, my friend. You have been balling out this season. And today, he played very well. We talked about this. uh, Was it yesterday we went live to preview the show? Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about it, talking about how Aziz has played very well and Drake Greenlaw necessarily doesn't automatically get his starting job back. Aziz is like playing as motivated as ever. I mean, he he had that interception. And then I believe he recovered the fumble caused by Kevin Gibbons, if I remember correctly. So kudos to him. He's been playing extremely well, and the 49ers definitely need it. Um, on the back end of the defense, though, we continue to see Josh Norman be a liability out there for the 49ers. He had another forced fumble that the 49ers weren't able to recover. Do you think that's what Kyle Shannon is like weighing as to why not playing a rookie over him? That hey, he gives up the big plays, but he's also a playmaker, so we got to have him out there. I mean, that's the only thing that separates Norman from the other guys is that he can, you know, force fumbles, he's good at that punch out. Um, but at the same time, man. There was one where he was like celebrating stuff and like it, it, they called a PI like right after that. And it's just yeah. like, why are you celebrating, dude? You know, yeah, you already know. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of sick of Norman, but yeah. Ian Sharp said cousin proves again. He's not elite. He was better than Jimmy today. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who needs to hear that, but he was better than Jimmy today. Because Jimmy had the benefit of having. 200 some odd yards rushing behind him. Kirk Cousins, the Vikings ran rush for 67 yards and they played from behind for most of the day. So Cousins had to make plays, but Cousins, Cousins is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo is. Sorry, guys. He might not be elite, <laughs> but he's, a, he's at least very good. Yeah, he played well. He played well for the Vikings. Um, the, the kind of, I mean, his pick, his pick was just as like frustrating as a Jimmy pick. Cause he threw that to Aziz and like Aziz was right in front of the receiver. It was, it was feeling, I think on like a, like a, you know, like a post route. And I believe it was Norman in coverage. And I, uh, Shire was just, Al Shire was just sitting on the route and didn't even see him. I'm like, well, that looks really familiar, but at the same time, Kirk is able to push the ball down the field in a way that Jimmy is not able to. So. Yeah. We talked about it yesterday and we had talked about how, Kirk's not afraid to do- throw down the field. And we got a comment on our video saying, Jimmy's not afraid to throw downfield. And it's like, he yeah, is. he just doesn't because he knows he can't, <laughs> you know, whether it's fear or what, he knows he cannot accurately get the ball down the field. So he doesn't right. do it. That's why we don't see it happen. Jimmy had a few outside the numbers that were really bad. And one in particular where that Debo Samuel had to break up. So it wasn't picked off. Yep. He turned into a DB on that one. Exactly. Yep. Um, going over the stats though, as well, Debo Samuel, a thousand yards receiving, Fantastic, huge accomplishment. He had First one catch for 12 yards to get over it, and it was in like the third quarter. It was right before he got injured, too. I think it was like two or three plays before he got injured. Yeah. But 
But hey, he also congrats. had six carries for 66 yards and two touchdowns. So Exactly, yeah. He has been phenomenal this season, and it just really shows. I mean, the first since 2014, first receiver for the 49ers to get 1,000 yards receiving, San Juan Bolden, first since George Kittle did it in 2019 overall. Um, it's it's huge for the 49ers, and I remember for years I was hoping they would have a number one receiver, a guy that they could get to. Although they don't use Debo Samuel primarily as a receiver, he is still a complete baller, and you get the ball in his hands mm-hmm. as a running back, as a wide receiver, it doesn't matter. He's going to make plays. Um, were you a little interested, or, or I should say interested, were you a little confused at how they the first half of the game didn't really get him the ball. They weren't manufacturing carries for him or touches. Not, not really because the guy getting the targets was Brandon. Ayuk because he was just like wide open all, all game. Um, Jimmy missed him quite a few times. Otherwise we would be talking about how Brandon. Ayuk had a 200 yard receiving game. Um, there were a couple, like there was a third and long that they converted where there was nobody within 10 yards of Brandon. Ayuk, and he just ran it. He just ran an in route. Like a like a twelve yard in and was just sitting in the middle of the field with nobody around him, like just a layup. A high school quarterback can make that throw, and it tells me that they were so focused on what Debo Samuel was potentially going to do to them, on top of stopping the 49ers run game. That it's like, well, you have to pick your poison, right? So you hear the big names, oh Kittle, oh Debo Samuel, oh the running game, right? And so somebody's got to be open, and that man was Brandon Ayuk. So he had three catches for ninety one yards, but I think he was targeted eight times. Um, it's, that's big time, you know? And again, each and every week since that incident where he came out and said he had words with Shanahan, he's looked like the man, at least in terms of receiving, he runs it tough. I mean, he even got some scraps today and he was showing some fight Mm -hmm. and not, not in the Josh Norman way. That's going to get you penalized, but in the nice, like, Hey, I'm following this block, maybe a little bit too long after the whistle, right? Just to let you know, I'm here. And I'm going to be physical with you. And it worked out. He drew that that unsportsmanlike conduct um, with the when the defender, I think, Dantzler, um ripped his mm-hmm. helmet off. And later on, there was another little scuffle. And he's just, you know, he's in it. He's fully invested and he's turned a corner. And it's a great thing to see for the 49ers. Most definitely. And this is also the second week in a row that uh, Brandon Ayuk has kind of gotten inside the heads of the defender. Yeah. If you remember, he got the same call against Jacksonville where they kind of all got into it. And then the... I forget who it was, but the defender actually got ejected last week. So I don't know what Ayuk is doing, but he's definitely getting inside these defenders. And you know, he's talking shit. He totally is. And he's and totally talking because he's doing it in a way that the ref doesn't see it or it's not enough to justify a penalty against him. But he gets the defender to retaliate. Um, I wanted to ask you, Matt, we haven't talked about this. Obviously, every 49ers fan knows the last couple of years, Dante Pettis, the tough love treatment did not work. Um, it seemed like Kyle, I don't know, maybe this is me just completely speculating from the outside looking in. Like he wanted Dante Pettis to stand back up like Brandon Ayuk did and say, you know what, F you, I'm not going to take that. I'm a mm-hmm. complete competitor. This is ABC why I should be here. It sounds like from all reports and all quotes from Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Shanahan, Ayuk did just that. And, you know, it wasn't, oh, Kyle Shanahan talked to me and told me I need to do, you know, ABC better. It said we had words, which is kind of implies a mutual exchange heated exchange possibly do you think that that's the difference between a guy like Dante Pettis and Brandon Ayuk that Brandon Ayuk stood up to I don't want to say stood up but kind of held his own when challenged about his his ability that's what they're that's what they're looking for particularly after Dante Pettis I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants another guy that's going to shrink away from him or pout or do whatever 
right? Like that's part of the reason why they're going after these guys. Um, at first they were going after, oh, I like this trait. I like this trait. I like this trait. Now they're going after guys who maybe they don't have the best traits, but they're culture guys. And you can see that where Dante Pettis just completely crumbled and withered. Brandon Ayuk was like, no, screw that. Like, listen, you can say whatever you want. I'm going to listen to you as a coach, but I belong here. I don't care what you say. Like, this is, I'll rise to your challenge. Okay. He's like, he's like, okay, we'll see. We'll see. And now we're seeing. And I think that that's part of the reason why they drafted Brandon Ayuk was because of that mentality that they got um, and that they saw when he was at Arizona State. So I'm not surprised. Um, It's a, you know, it's a good thing. You shouldn't have to. I think you play a dangerous game when you tailor your coaching methods to individual players past a certain point. It's a big time problem in the NBA. Um, and it was, it's been a problem with a lot of teams in the NFL. You need to, I'm not saying you have to go full Belichick where you just like dress down Brady year 18 in front of people. But at the same time, everybody needs to be held accountable, whether you're the best dude on the team or you're like number 53. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's going to help when, you know, the players go back over the game tape or, you know, the people who are around to see it when Shanahan, you know, when Jimmy throws that pick and Shanahan's like, that's absolutely unacceptable. And Shanahan's lighting into him on the sideline. You know, yeah. that's your captain. That's one of your captains. If he could do it to him, he could do it to you. So yeah. that's it's just it's the building of the culture. And it's the reason why a team like Minnesota, who seems like they're kind of halfway out the door with Mike Zimmer. Uh, lose this game and a team like the 49ers who are starting to, you know, round into shape and really starting to find their footing and find their voice can pull one out despite the fact that they did not play their best game. So these are the types of, these are the types of games that good teams end up winning and that bad teams don't. And so we're kind of seeing what the 49ers are made of going forward. They have to keep the momentum It's three in a row go out, win another one. And, you know, you keep building that positive momentum. And before you know it, you're one of the best teams in the league. Yep. A a few people have said this um, great, great analysis there, by the way, Matt, but a few people have said this kind of has the feeling of that. um, I believe it was 2011 uh, New York giants team. The one that ended up going to win it. I think they were nine and seven and they were a wild card team. Obviously I'm not saying the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl, but that feeling of, Hey, early on, nobody thought this team was anything, including, myself um and they found a way to get it done um jimmy bryant is asking will d ford ready to go i'd imagine by next week next, uh, next week is what the what is what the scuttlebutt is okay and he so probably could have gone this week but that they didn't they didn't necessarily feel like that was the best spot right so um but back back to my point this kind of has that feel of the team that's getting things right figuring it out whatever it is whether there was some divide in the locker room due to drafting Trey Lance and maybe players wanted were standing on the table for Trey Lance to start whatever it is it seems like any divide has in this team has kind of faded away they've overcome it and now they're playing well we're actually seeing complete games from the 49ers on both sides of the ball the defense has kind of adopted this bend don't break mentality that we used to see with Robert Sala um and it's it's a lot bendier, I will say. They gotten very, they've gotten very close to losing this game today, especially with that secondary being tough. But they were yeah. able to overcome it and force turnovers. Um, I believe Kirk Cousins only had two interceptions coming into today, and he mm-hmm. threw another one today. And then Dalvin Cook had the fumble that the Forty Nineers. I don't really fault Dalvin Cook for that though, because it looked like he got injured right. and just kind of like he. It was so painful he just dropped the ball. Yeah. No, I, that, I agree with you. Those are weird ones to me. I don't like. Is, is, uh... 
it's kind of like when um, a quarterback throws a, the ball to a wide open receiver and it just kind of bounces off his hands and gets picked. Like those are tough ones to me. Did the defense really force that, or was that just you know a different circumstance? Especially with this Dalvin Cook fumble because he immediately, um, you know, someone on Twitter was saying that it was a torn bicep. When I saw it, it looked like a torn pec of the way he was grabbing on the inside. Um, tough to tell. We'll see, but. Yeah, that 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 to me, I don't know. It, and honestly, for the first like two seconds of that fumble recovery, it was looking pretty embarrassing because there were five 49ers around it and they all just like booted the ball around. Like, you know, it was like Yakety Sack should have been playing in the background because they're trying to jump on the ball. And Alshire ended up getting it, but you know, later on, that kind of stuff prevents Josh Norman's fumble, uh, forced fumble from being recovered. They have to get better at that stuff. So um, I totally agree. Um, Ace Press says winning makes all the noise go away. One hundred percent. All the noise, but a lot of it. Most of it, yeah. It covers I mean, like Ace, a giant blanket. I mean, Ace, Ace, your your avatar on YouTube is still Trey Lance. <laughs> so let's not pretend like we all don't know what the elephant in the room is. We're not all as brave as Grant Cohn is just asking it to somebody's face like that. But we all we all know. So let's get into that um, because this morning, very early on. A report came out from Ian Rappaport that the 49ers intend on trading Garoppolo this offseason. We'll start Trey Lance 2022 um, unless the 49ers make a Super Bowl run and it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo leads them to a victory. It kind of seems like this is what fans knew. And I know I have come on here and said, oh, I'm getting kind of nervous. I'm getting kind of nervous at all the reports saying that Jimmy could be back and you were very calm and said, Zach, it's not happening. The 49ers aren't bringing him back. Mm -hmm. Is there any concern that this is now out in the open? Grant Cohn did ask Jimmy Garoppolo after the game, and he basically said, I haven't heard about it, but thanks for you know telling me, basically. There's no concern for me because everybody knows it. Jimmy already knows. Everybody's well aware. This is, this is building up Jimmy's trade value, um, which he didn't do a lot of favors for today. But it's not – listen, how many times have we been through this? This team does not leak stuff it does not want out there. You know what I mean? So you can talk about all the people with the reports saying like, oh, Jimmy could stay. Jimmy could stay. That's driving up his value. Hey, if they make a Super Bowl-like run, Jimmy could stay. So what you're saying is you like Jimmy Garoppolo, even though you spent all these picks on this other guy. Okay, well, what what will it take to get him from me? Oh, a first-round pick. Oh, okay, I see where this is going. You're just building up his value so you can trade him. Yeah. That $27 million needs to come off the book. So it, it it's not likely at all that Jimmy Garoppolo is staying around, even if they did make a Super Bowl. You have three first-round picks invested in Trey Lance. It's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Um, I thought it was a little interesting with the timing. A lot of fans were like, oh, this can't come out now. Jimmy's going to see this before the most important game of the season. I don't think any of that really matters. Uh, the writing's on the wall. Jimmy knows what's going to happen most likely, so I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, yes, hit like everyone. Make sure you're yeah. hitting like and subscribe on the channel. If I can be honest, I think the reason why this story came out today was with the thought in mind from the national media that the 49ers could lose and that Jimmy Garoppolo could play poorly in this game. And then if that's the case, and they're sitting at five to six like the Vikings are with, you know, looking up in the standings. Then do you start thinking about playing Trey Lance? And that's all it says. This is Ian Rappaport hedging his bets with something that everybody already knew. Anyway, the timing was on purpose. Yeah. Because this was a tough game, and most of the national media picked the Vikings to win. Yeah. 
which I thought is funny too, because it's like barring them winning a Super Bowl. It's like he's hedging his bets as much as as most as excuse me as much as possible. You know, like, yeah, no, no, no shit. You know, part of my language, but it's like, come on, we we all knew this. Like Jamie Bryant says, we all know he's right. coming back. We get more capital letting him go. Um, so I, I just feel like it's kind of a pointless story, but I guess it's finally out there. So people who are banging the table for Trey Lance to start this season, it's more than likely not going to happen unless we see some crazy injury or Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo play. I mean, we've watched poorly. the games, right? If you watch the national broadcasts, there's not a week that goes by where Trey Lance's name isn't brought up a half a dozen times. Yeah. You know, this is a story that's it's going to be a narrative going into the offseason. It's going to be one of those things that until Jimmy's gone, that's what people are going to talk about. Yeah. Plain and simple. So let me ask you this, Matt, because we saw to begin the season, the Trey Lance package. He would come in on goal line. He would come in on short, you know, yardage distance to goal situations. We haven't seen him in a few weeks at all. Do you? Is there a possibility that maybe to start the season, Kyle Shanahan himself wasn't sure and wanted to see what he could do with limited snaps? Now he's 100% sure and he's sticking with Jimmy. Why do you think it is that we haven't seen him? Because Kyle was calling plays like shit when he had to plan for two guys. <laughs> I legitimately think that's what it was, that you played a couple of scrub teams. Well, really, you played the Lions and looked good, right? And then you play... You know, the the Eagles, you kind of struggle. Um, Trey Lance does give you a spark against the Packers, and you kind of pull things back. But then after that, you start playing pretty poorly. And I think that just drawing up game plans for two guys really just spread his his attention in multiple directions because they're not the same guy, and you're not going to call the same game plan for them both. Um, and, and I think that it's just one of those things where Kyle felt like he was spread too thin. So if he if if Trey Lance isn't going to start, then you have to treat him like a backup. Yeah, and, and you know it's it's interesting because we've talked about Kyle possibly getting out of this play calling rut, and it just so happens to coincide with him no longer inserting Trey Lance into these situations. That very well could be it. That's a great point. I never I didn't really actually think about it like that. Um, guys, we're not going to go on too late tonight just because it is a little later. It's a Sunday night. We know people got to get up early. Yep. Um, Matt, if you could give me a couple of main takeaways from this game that we have not discussed, maybe, yeah. um, what would they be? Maybe two or three. Um, Raheem Mostert's gone if Elijah Mitchell stays healthy. Um, just because somebody, I think Kittle said at the press conference that he hits the hole like Mostert does, that yeah. Mitchell hits the hole like Mostert does. That's not a good, that's not good for Mostert to be sitting at home hearing. So Elijah Mitchell's the future of the team at running back. Um, this team ran the ball like 35 times. Um, that's that's going to be their MO. Limit what Jimmy Garoppolo does in terms of, of throwing the ball. Um, he had 26 pass attempts today. The last three games, he's averaging, I think, around 23 pass attempts a game. You want to keep him under 25, and uh, you're going you're gonna to end up winning a lot of football games if you can do that. Um, and you got to keep Debo Samuel healthy. Because if you can have Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk out there, then it's a pick your poison um, for, the, for the offense. Defensively, they have to address the secondary in the offseason. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, even guys, you know, Hufanga shows a lot of potential, but he had a busted coverage today where he played the deep third instead of, instead of you know, covering the middle of the field like he was supposed to. Um, you know, Tart and Ward are both aging. Kwan 
had a great play that was almost 200% defensive pass interference. Um, they didn't get called. They have to address the secondary in the offseason. You just cannot go another season leaving Bosa and, and them on the hook. You know, Bosa has 11 sacks. If the secondary could, you know, cover at all, he'd probably have like 14, 15. Um, but they, they have to do something to address the secondary in the offseason. It's just not good enough. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Joey says we could play not so great football and still win games against teams like the Vikings, against mm. better teams. I don't yep. think so. By the way, um, this loss was another one score loss for the Vikings. Ooh, that's got to hurt. Yeah. That's got to hurt. Uh, Ian says Elijah Mitchell is also more durable than Raheem Mostert. Seems like it, even though he's gotten injured, he's been able to play with them. They're, so. they're a little ticky tack injuries. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nike Nine or 10 says Jennings stepped up some. He played well he today. Was so cl- he was so close to having a sick catch, man. Yeah. So close. That was, that was nice. That would have been two. That would have been a two touchdown uh, game for him. That would have been nice. Yep. Uh, great show, Matt and Zach. Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate your thank you. Appreciate you as always, always being here. Yep. Uh, Ace for Niners have to go for JC Jackson and the best DE available in free agency. Y'all need to stop with this defensive end crap, dude. I was waiting for that, dude. Enough of the defensive end. You don't need any more defensive ends. You have enough. You have enough. Yep. You need Bosa and supplementary pieces on the other side. You don't need superstars across that defensive line. You're going to tie way too much money up in your defensive line and you're left with situations where like now like D Ford's contract is a direct part of the reason why the 49ers secondary sucks. Yep. It's true. Uh, Steve says JC Jackson and Mosley will be just fine next year. If they get JC Jackson, I'll be very, very happy. JC Jackson would be nice. Mosley needs to be reevaluated. I'm still waiting to see him. Mosley. Yeah. Um, my couple key takeaways from this game. Uh, number one, Debo Samuel should get some MVP votes, whether he will or not, probably not. But in my opinion, he's accounted for a thousand and I think nine of the team's 4,000 yards, you know, like it's insane. And 10 of their 33 touchdowns. It's just insane. What Debo Samuel has been able to do this season for the 49ers. They cannot afford to lose him for any stretch of games. If they want to have any shot of being a real threat in the playoffs, um, my second take or takeaway, I should say, Jimmy Garoppolo might be on a shorter lease than, than we think. I don't know that, that very heated conversation. I shouldn't say conversation, one-sided conversation between Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo after he threw that pick did not look pretty. Um, yeah. it, Kyle Shanahan was giving him a piece of his mind and Jimmy was just sitting there kind of nodding saying, you know, yes, sir. Um, my last takeaway, and I agree with you, Matt. Raheem Mostert's gone. He's not coming back. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, this is uh, Elijah Mitchell's team moving forward. And it also makes me question the pick of Trey Sermon, which I know you said earlier as well. Were they not expecting this from Elijah Mitchell? Maybe not. But they have not used Trey Sermon this, at all, it seems. It goes so. back to what I said, man. Elijah Mitchell was a pick that was after the point where Shanahan and Lynch could give a shit about the draft. Elijah Mitchell is 100% a scout pick. So that's what that is. Um, I'd agree with you. Here's the problem with Debo Samuel getting MVP votes. There's a guy in his division who is doing better than him right now. Mm -hmm. You can't give Debo MVP votes and then ignore what Cooper Cup is doing. Because Cooper Cup is balling out out of control. He had another seven catches for 96 yards today. He's sitting at 1,237 
yards Trust me, yeah, already. They could both get some, perhaps. Maybe Cooper yeah. gets three or four, I and Debo mean, gets one or two. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know who's... I don't think there's a far and away a front runner for MVP either. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, that's tough, man. I don't Mac think Jones. he'll get any votes. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Mac Jones, get out of here. Uh, I don't think he'll get any, but I think his play has warranted at least him to definitely be in the conversation um, because he's yeah. done a lot for the 49ers. Um, next week, Seattle. Seattle, baby. 49ers travel up north to Pacific Northwest to handle the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. This is a huge game for the 49ers. If they're able to beat Seattle in Seattle, which they haven't done in a, in, since the Super Bowl season, Week 17, that could possibly put the nail in their season and also propel the 49ers above the Rams, depending on what happens to them next season. Um, yeah. Something you're keeping an eye on for next week, and then we'll wrap things up here, Matt. Um, I want to see how everybody recovers from their injuries, um, what the practice looks like this week. Debo's going to be critical. Fred Warner is going to be critical. I want to see what Dre Greenlaw does. And I want to see if they actually activate D Ford. Um, the better you make that defense to make Russell Wilson kind of run around. Um, because let's let's face it, his escapability is not the same as it has been in past years. I think Russell Wilson is starting to slightly decline a bit. Um, you can get to him and you can take him down. So you have to play a sturdy front seven game and you have to keep Russell Wilson uncomfortable. Otherwise, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to eat you alive. So that's that's my key. I want to see how the defense kind of heals from these little knickknack injuries and see how they go out and, and perform. Um, this team is a better road team than it is a home team. There's no question about that. So look for them to come out really sharp. I believe they're wearing the um, the 94 whites as well. Oh, I think that was announced ahead of time um, before the season that this was going to be one of the games. I know, I don't know if them getting flexed out of Sunday night football changes that. I don't see why it would, but that was the, that was the plan was to wear the alternate uniforms in primetime games. So, all right, that's awesome. Um, Melissa says, "What's that shirt? It's a sucker free. It's from Warriors World. Go check them out. Shopwarriorsworld.com. Uh, no ad, just love their merch." Uh, Steve says Jeff Wilson Jr. shouldn't be back. Should be Mitchell and Sherman moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I think Mitchell's just having a hard. Or I'm sorry, not Mitchell. Uh, Sherman is just having a hard go of it, learning how to be a pro. Yeah. And this is more of that Shanahan tough love thing to see how he bounces back because talent wise, there's no reason why Sermon shouldn't be effective. I think Sermon is more of a back that fits the skill set of what Trey Lance brings to the table rather than Elijah Mitchell. Um. Sermon is more of a get the ball and go type of guy where Mitchell has the vision to hit the hole. I still can't believe people were talking about how Mitchell didn't have any vision, which is crazy to me. I'm going to forever hold that over people's heads because that was just silly talk. But, um, you know, in that RPO style, if you're going to run Trey Lance RPO, Sermon makes sense because he's just going to hit the hole downhill, right? Because you're looking for him to crash inside and see what the defensive end does. So that informs what, you know, what he's, what Lance is going to do. If you have a pass option on that, you're going to see how the coverage looks or how the linebackers look, and it's all going to go from there. But the key to a good RPO is keeping each individual part as simplistic as possible. So I think that's what what his his assets are for, for the team. Yeah, well said. Um, guys, we got to shout out one second our sponsor for today, which is my bookie. You can do it. I believe in you. I don't know why this thing is so dang iffy to work with. 
Here, let's just take this away. Go check there out my go. bookie, guys. Bear with us here. Right now, if you go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code HIVE, you will not only get your first deposit matched 100% up to $1,000 and a $20 casino chip. It's Cyber Monday, baby. So if you bet on the Seattle versus Washington football team game tomorrow, you will get to bet on week 13 absolutely free um, up to, I believe, $250. So go to mybookie.ag right now. Promo code HIVE as an H-I-V-E. Match your first deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. You can bet risk-free up to 1000 bucks essentially, and a $20 casino chip for their casino. It's a fantastic MyBookie casino. They got a bunch of slots, a bunch of games you could play. And Cyber Monday. You got to take advantage of Cyber Monday. So, again, mybookie.ag, promo code HIVE, H-I-V-E. Let's make some money together, guys. We appreciate MyBookie for sponsoring the show. Go support them because they support us. MyBookie, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Appreciate you. All right, Matt. Fantastic win. 49ers got the job done. I appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Um, Melissa, yes, we got a victory suit planned for tomorrow, victory Monday suit. So we'll definitely tweet that out. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. Sunday night, go get some rest. Go have dinner if you haven't. Absolutely. Um, hit like, hit subscribe. You know the deal. Absolutely. Um, it was a great win today. It's on to Seattle. We get them on a short week, so hopefully we can keep the momentum going. So with that being said, thank you as always for joining us. And until next time, Go Niners.